From the team at CTS, this is the Train Ride Podcast, our show for endurance athletes who want to learn how to train more effectively and improve their performance. I'm Coach Adam Pulford, your host for the cycling edition of the show, where it's my job to interview top coaches, scientists, experts, and athletes in the world of cycling to bring you actionable training tips that you can apply to your own training. Now, let's dive into the show and learn how you can train right. Just a quick question for everyone. Where do you buy your gels, hydration mixes, and energy bars for training and racing? If you're like most of my athletes, you're buying from different websites, trying to find the best deal here or the right fuel there, and also maybe buying big boxes of stuff that you may or may not use. If you're not shopping at thefeed.com, you're missing out. The feed allows you to purchase, say, one individual serving of something so that you know if it works or you like the flavor. And once you do figure out what you do enjoy, you can put it on auto ship or buy your big boxes of stuff and away you go. The feed is the largest online marketplace for your sports nutrition, offering the brands that you know and love from Scratch Labs, Cliff Bar to Morton, plus their athlete customized supplements called Feed Formulas. Feed formulas are personalized supplements for athletes developed in part with Dr. Kevin Sprouse, the EF pro cycling team doctor, following the same protocols the top pro athletes use. I've met Dr. Kevin Sprouse a few times over the years working with different teams, and I listened to his podcast called The Podium. He's a smart guy. This isn't your typical doctor endorsement pill thing. Sprouse has been around the sport for some time, and he knows the athlete needs. So if you're interested in something like that, head on over to thefeed.com backslash trainwright and save 50% off your first order of feed formulas. That is thefeed.com backslash trainwright. Welcome back or welcome to the Trainwright Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Adam Pulford, and I wanted to provide a little bit of background and also set up the next few episodes that I'll be doing uh, on the Trainwright Podcast. So I've, I've gotten a lot of questions about data recently, and we'll talk about some of these data and metrics going on. But as we all know, I mean, data is the king and queen of many industries right now, and endurance athletics is definitely one of them. But with all the data can come all the confusion to the point where some athletes that I know, um, they, they're moving away from data and devices altogether because it's really frustrating to know what to pay attention to, to get the performance gains during a season. And sometimes you're looking at all the things and you just get you're just frustrated with it. So my goal over the next three episodes is to demystify some popular metrics and concepts trending right now and help you, the listener in your training journey to ultimately increase your performance using this data. So I just wanted to cue that up before we get into today's episode. Uh, with that, uh, we'll go into the intro and start learning. Many athletes wonder if they're making improvements, even though their CTL is not increasing or worse yet going down the blue line, as some call it on training peaks is a useful metric to look at in your training but it's certainly not the end-all be-all that some mistakenly think it to be. On today's episode, we'll talk about what chronic training load is, what it isn't, and link how you can use it to increase performance for race day. Also, I'll share how I use CTL and other metrics 
with raw power data to help shed more light on how to improve your performance in your training, despite other aspects like your fitness score going down. So demystifying metrics today on the train, right podcast. All right. So, uh, with that said, let's, let's go right into it. Let's, let's define, uh, chronic training load or CTL as many like to refer to, uh, what it is and what it isn't. CTL is your exponentially weighted average of TSS per day over the past 42 days or thereabout. So what does that mean? Well, it's essentially an average of how much training you're doing, uh, over the past month and a half. It's a very good indicator of how much training load an athlete is doing kind of over that current fitness time period. And so we often call it fitness, even though it's actually an algorithmic function of a training load or training stress to be particular. Fitness is broader and more general, whereas CTL is more specific and focused much more on endurance sport. Fitness, as I said, more broader and can mean a lot of things in endurance sport. Okay. And so there's with CTL, there's, there's no good or bad TSS score or, or CTL score, but there are some ranges that you can fall within. I'll include a link to this on the show notes and also share with you some of these ranges as well. Most ranges of chronic training load that athletes can fall within are between 40 and 175. Okay. And that's, that goes for most endurance athletes out there specifically to road racers for that range. If more of a century rider, we're talking 40 to 105 CTL for mountain bike racers, maybe 40 to 140 and up to 210 CTL for full distance Ironman athletes or pro tour, uh, racers. I educate my athletes a lot that the absolute number does not mean much relative to the trends and how we built that number or that CTL. Also where we're going is what matters most. Okay. At some point, all athletes will plateau their CTL because of limited time. We only have so many hours in a day and even professional athletes run up to that. There's a point at which too much CTL is not specific to the racing demands that are, that's going to be put forward. And it's not, it's not sustainable to life. Okay. As you get stronger, you have to go harder or longer to get more CTL. So as your FTP goes up, you'll essentially have to your, your three hour ride that you were doing that was building you good fitness or building good CTL. You'll have to extend that out. You'll have to ride more or you'll have to push more power in order to get more TSS. And at some point we like, we just don't have the time to do that. And so these things will plateau and that plateau is fine. So in order to get educated about why that's fine, Let's take a look at how CTL is made or it's derived from. Keep in mind, it comes from TSS and thus from FTP. So let's get a better grounding on how it all works again. 60 minutes at FTP equals 100 TSS points. This is the hinge point or the fulcrum to it all. 
This also requires knowing what your current FTP is and knowing that it is accurate based on an accurate and consistent power meter. You also need to make sure that that is updated in training peaks or Zwift or whatever kind of platform that you're using to organize and analyze your training. Okay. So everything really hinges upon the accuracy of your FTP for a given time period. From there, you start to train. And every time you train, you score points for that session. You're just out there scoring points, riding your bike, running, swimming, doing all the things. And in general, you can do shorter, more intense exercise and score TSS points, or you can go easier sub threshold and go for a long period and rack up these TSS points. But there will be limits around a TSS per hour, depending on your fitness threshold and genetic makeup. Okay. So again, you can maybe even start doing hundred TSS per hour, but then you fatigue and that TSS per hour will go down. And this is how thresholds work. And this is how TSS is set up in general. Okay. So knowing how TSS works helps to understand how CTL is built. Now, how do you build CTL or fitness and endurance sport? This is a concept that I've talked about a, a ton on the Train Right podcast. And if you want the specifics, I suggest you go to episodes 44, 46, and 82 for more of that. There I talk with uh, Coach Tim Cusick and Coley Moore um, about kind of uh, how to arrange um, your training season. And also, specifically with Coley, we talk about kind of that base to build um, season. Okay. But it all stems around aerobic volume training with kind of a mixture of zone one to three or uh, easy endurance to tempo, maybe a little bit of threshold in there um, over many months to build CTL up and building this CTL or ramping the CTL early in the season. This is the concept of base training to set the stage for more performance building later on. And when it's time to start building performance, I'm not concerned about CTL, especially if I did it right to begin with. Okay. I want to build it up as high as I can based on the athlete's resources, uh, time and, and, and things like that, but I'm not concerned with it at this point. And I suggest that you don't be either because if you've built it right, like I said, with the broad ranges that I described above, and for many of us listening on this podcast, the you know, the ranges that we're probably going to be working within are between probably 75 and 120, somewhere in there for most, uh, amateur masters age group athletes. Once we build that CTL up to that point, it's time to build performance. When I refer to building performance, I'm mainly referring to building the glycolytic energy system or the specificity of an event. How do I do that? Well, lucky for you, I did two episodes all about it. How to train FTP and VO2 max in episodes number 66 and 72. Please go there and listen to those. Those are short 30 to 40 minute episodes of um, mechanistically how to train those systems or, or, or those performance aspects. Okay. Now, the main point of this show is for you to understand that CTL may not change during this time period. 
during your FTP build in VO2 max and anaerobic capacity. And that's fine. So what do you look at during those time periods if your blue line is not changing? Well, first you look at power durations. For me as a coach, I look at <laughs> the shortest time period possible all the way out to the longest time period that the athlete does. So uh, from one second all the way out to the longest ride. And I'm looking at these power duration curves for my athlete and I'm you know, on the really hard days, group rides, races, things like this, or testing time periods, I want to make sure that they are higher than where they were before, uh, maybe for the season or comparative to last season or the current uh, physiology time period, which is about you know a month and a half or three months. In the literature, there's a lot that go that we talk about in, in the peak five second, one minute, five minute, 20 minute and 60 minute average power. And those are good power durations for you to look at. And those are indexed on training peaks and most other platforms on there. Also 60 minute normalized power is a great thing to look at for performance. And we'll talk about normalized power, uh, later on in this episode, but also, um, in, in, in another episode and go deeper on that. The second thing to look at is in, this goes in hand with the power durations that I was just talking about, but 20 minute maximum power. The reason why this is so good is it, to look at and to test on a regular basis to, is to ensure that you are making gains with the most important energy system possible. It goes back to that glycolytic energy system that I was talking about. Yes, we're talking about functional threshold power here. And how to do that 20 minute test, go back to episode 66 and 72. I talk all about it. <laughs> okay. Uh, very <laughs> simply put, it's 20 minute all out. What's your highest average power? What's the heart rate? Okay. Then you look at that and you compare it to where you were uh, four months ago, where you were six months ago, make sure that it's going up. Springtime I'm, is a great time to test this. I'm recording this episode in, in May of 2022. And May is a great time period. I have a lot of athletes testing right now. It's a good time to test your performance after all the build that we had in the spring and to see what the training did. Was it effective? Did it accomplish the job? And also to reestablish training zones as we head into the summer. So again, go 20 minutes all out. And for uh, self-coached athletes, it's very appropriate to take 95% of that 20 minute power and use that as your FTP estimate. Then you can set training ranges uh, from there. Okay. You also you might get threshold notifications coming from Zwift or Training Peaks or other platforms. Um, but 20 or 95% of that 20 minute max, it's a, it's a really good way to, to estimate that. What else to look at for performance gains during this time period? Races. Okay. So if, if athletes are racing, especially road races and mountain bike races, mass start draft legal racing. Let's call it that uh, normalized power for 40 to 60 minutes, or sometimes even more. That is a very good indicator of, of performance and what's going on kind of within the race. The, the real quick um, kind of recap of what normalized power is. It gives us a better estimate to the cost or the demand of the race or the effort, assuming that the effort is longer than 15 minutes, normalized power does not 
it's not accurate for uh, events that are 15 minutes and less. So please know that, um, first and foremost, but again, normalized power 15 minutes and longer gives us a better estimate to the cost or the demands of the event because it takes into account the anaerobic as well as the aerobic contributions of the effort. It's a little bit more tricky than that, but uh, we'll get into that in another episode. So looking at longer duration, normalized power is very good for in, in making sure that it goes up. Okay. That's a performance increase. Finally, straight up, if you're racing, are you on the podium? Did you win your age group? Did you move up in your age group? Or perhaps did you get the experience that you wanted to from that event because you were fit enough and because you had enough performance to get through each day, as opposed to just kind of suffering through it or maybe DNF'd. Okay. So some of these qualitative feedback mechanisms of racing and events are very useful too. How you doing <laughs> when you're competing? Okay. That's what I'm, that's another really good, um, feedback tool. Finally, in training as well as races, uh, we can look at kilojoules. Kilojoules is a measurement of work done. It's derived from your power meter. So it is not, um, you know, it's not uh, tied to weight or heat or heart rate or anything like that. It's accurate today as it was yesterday, assuming that the power meter is accurate. And so for gravel and Ironman athletes where steady and, and, and we're steady pacing is our big goals. I use that quite a bit to look at work rates per hour and to make sure that they're doing more work total as well as per hour total, meaning, you know, say in the race or in a big workout and then a per hour basis in training to make sure that they're doing more work than, than we were five months ago. And if you're riding at a higher kilojoule per hour than you were some time ago. This is also a performance increase. This is great for kind of longer time periods, similar to normalized power, but in a different way. Um, there's a few other things that you can derive from that kilojoule per hour. Um, but it, it, and I sometimes will even prescribe a kilojoule per hour for my athletes to go out and achieve. But effectively, if we are improving performance, improving FTP, and improving these performance aspects, you'll be doing more work over time. And that's a really important thing to understand because going back to your CTO plateauing, if that FTP goes up again, that, that three hour ride, it's not giving you as much TSS per hour. You say, what's up? Well, if you are <laughs> pushing more power and you're doing more work, your CTL may plateau, but you're still doing more. And that's great. And that's where CTL kind of, kind of falters a little bit, or it doesn't falter. It's just not what you should be looking at during this time period. So please, please remember that from this podcast. <laughs> and finally, uh, average power over long rides, you know, similar to kills you per hour, or maybe normalized power. However, there's limitation with average power over time because it doesn't take into account the anaerobic contribution, um, like normalized power that normalized power can just give you more insight to what's going on in a, in more of a dynamic race. But if it's an, uh, Ironman leg or, or just a long six hour ride, average power is great to look at. So how does this look in reality? Well, I wanted to provide a quick example of this. I won't explain everything that's going on in the screen. Uh, however, for those YouTube watchers and listeners, I wanted to provide a little visual example. And so effectively, 
what I'm showing you here is this is a screenshot uh, from WKO5, which is how I use to analyze and organize uh, data from an athlete. And this athlete is, um, you know, she she's middle aged, has a corporate job. Um, she has time, but she, she's not time rich. Okay. There's some, there's definitely some constraints in middle age. Um, she's between 40 and 50 and she loves to ride her bike. She stays fairly fit overall, but yet what's key about this is, and I'm showing you her CTL, which is the blue line over time. And there's other aspects going on here that gets a little confusing, but the blue line is the primary thing in conjunction with this, uh, gray and blue line or a kind of a light blue dot that's going on. And the biggest takeaway for those who are just listening is that her fitness go ebbs and flows. It goes up and down. And right now we're not even at our highest CTL or our highest fitness time period of all time, but yet she, we just tested and she has hit her, her peak 20 minute and five minute power all time right now as a middle-aged woman working a corporate job, getting after it on the mountain bike. And so this is a cla- this is a great example. Now, it's not a perfect example, mind you, because we're working with human beings. Nobody's perfect. Life always throws us curveballs. But CTL is not performance. You can hit high performance when CTL is lower, okay? But you do need CTL in order to hit uh, some peak performance eventually. So I just wanted to provide this, this visual for you. And I, I hope it helps if those listeners on say Apple podcasts and whatnot, if you haven't gone over to our YouTube channel, go check it out. You'll see what I'm uh, sharing with everybody here. And I think you'll find it uh, very helpful. So the main takeaways are you want to build your CTL up in order to hit performance gains eventually. At some point, CTL will likely plateau for a season or a time period, and that's okay. You can make gains in performance even when CTL plateaus. You can do that through training threshold, VO2 max, and anaerobic capacity. Other things to monitor are your power durations, your kilojoules of work, either kJ per hour or total kilojoules in a ride, and then also normalize power for certain power durations over time. Just make sure that you're looking at it uh, 15 minutes and beyond. And those will provide really helpful insights to monitor performance and make sure that you're moving the needle in the right direction, even though the blue line is stabilizing. So in summary, I know there's a lot of confusing metrics, data points, abbreviations, and acronyms out there. My goal with this episode is to help clear up some of that so that you can plan your training and organized in an organized manner and understand what to look at to see improvements during training season. CTL is a good measure of training load or fitness, if you want to call it that, for the most part during during a season. But it's far better to look at things like FTP, normalized power kilojoule, and track certain power durations like I talked about to correlate to those energy systems. You can make performance increases even if CTL doesn't change. And it's important to know that so you can be confident in your training program. Over our next episodes, we'll take a deeper dive into FTP throughout a season. And specifically, we'll look at the metrics around FTP, like uh, things called TTE or time to exhaustion. 
Also looking at the concepts of volume of oxygen consumption at threshold, which is a model, and I'll explain that. And there's something called stamina that we'll go into. Finally, we'll do a deep dive into normalized power, where we'll define what it is, how to use it to monitor performance, and gain insights that will be uh, helpful when we're using models and training to know how the body's engine is firing under under the hood, so to speak. So be sure to come back each week and learn with me on the Train Right Podcast. Thanks for joining us this week on the Train Right Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to visit our website at trainright.com forward slash podcast, where you can find social links, bonus content, and more about CTS. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss a show and leave us a rating on iTunes. Until next time, train hard, train smart, train right.